This is Dr. Benny Tate, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this week's message at Rock Springs Church. Wherever you are, I hope this message encourages you and helps you grow in your walk with God. Here's this week's message from Rock Springs Church. Our scripture today is John 3, 16. This is what the Bible says. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I've got to be honest with you, folks. I love it so much, I want to read it again. This has got nothing to do with you. It's got everything to do with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, <laughs> should not perish, but have everlasting life. Let us pray. Jesus, we love you. <laughs> Thank you for John 3:16. God, I pray that you would use us today. And Lord, for all you do, we're just going to praise you. For I pray this prayer with a grateful heart. For I pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I've given my life to study in leadership because this is what I know. Everything rises or falls on leadership. If you go to an organization and their problems, I'll promise you, it will always be traced back to leadership. Because everything rises or falls on leadership. You say, Pastor Benny, how do you know if a person is a leader? Well, I want to explain. The way you know is a leader has followers. A leader has followers. Followers. Here's a Chinese proverb. He that thinketh he leadeth, and no one followeth, is only taking a walk. <laughs> Amen? So I love studying leaders, and I've spent many years studying a leader by the name of Paul Bear Bryant. Not too long ago, I went to Bear Bryant's grave and just spent some time there in Birmingham. Paul Bear Bryant said these words. He said, when people ask me what do I want to be remembered for, I have one answer. The football coach said, I want people to remember me as a winner because I've never been nothing but a winner. And certainly he was a winner. But let me tell you something, folks. Ultimate winning in life really has nothing to do with football. Ultimate winning in life has everything to do with your relationship with God. Because understand something, folks. You're never going to be able to live life to its fullest. You're never going to be able to have a foundation. You're never going to be able to have a proper worldview unless you have the right relationship with God. You're never going to be able to. You're never going to be content until you understand John 3, 16. That says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him 
should not perish, but have everlasting life. There was a quarterback who played quarterback for the Florida Gators. His name was Tim Tebow. And Tim Tebow said he did something in 2008. He said, I blackened my eyes, underneath my eyes, and he said, I put a scripture underneath my eyes, Philippians 4.13. This is what it says. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. He put it underneath his eyes so you could read Philippians 4.13. Now, let me tell you, Tebow said these words. I'm quoting Tim Tebow. He said, we played the game, and we won. And I thought, maybe it helped. But this was his words. He said, but I really don't know if it helped or not because we was just playing Tennessee. <laughs> True story. But he said on January the 8th of 2009, we played for the national championship. And he said, underneath my eyes, I changed my scripture. Underneath my eyes, I put John 316. And he said, we actually won the national championship. Now, he said, get this. You got to listen closely to what I'm going to say. He said, three years later, notice three years later, he said, I was the quarterback for the Denver Broncos. He said, we had lost our last three games <laughs> by an average of 16 points. And he said, we were playing the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Pittsburgh Steelers had a quarterback by the name of Ben Roethlisberger. And he said, there was a play, it was the turning point in the game. He said, Pittsburgh had the ball, and it was third down and 16. And he said, Roethlisberger threw an interception. And it changed the trajectory. It changed the course of the game. He said, we went on to win that game. And he said, we were celebrating in a big way. And a friend said, Tim, I need to see you. And Tim said, no, no, I'm, I'm celebrating the win. He said, no, 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 Tim, I need to see you. You don't understand what happened tonight. He said, Tim, you actually passed for 316 yards. He said, your completion average was 31.6 yards. He said, Tim, every time you rushed the ball, every time you carried the ball, your average carry was 3.16 yards. He said, Tim, even CBS said their ratings peaked at 31.6. He said, Tim, what's more amazing, 94 million people Googled John 3.16. Now, i got to be honest, folks, that was encouraging and discouraging that one-third of all Americans didn't know what John 3.16 was. Amen? <laughs> but here's what I know. 
of the 31,102 verses in the Bible, of the 31,102 verses in the Bible, apparently God wants people to hear 25 words. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I want to make five quick statements, five quick statements about John 3.16. Stick with me. This is an important message. It's an important message. It's, it's, just, it's, it's just 1130. You stick with me. If you're on medication, I just want you to know. 1130, okay. <laughs> five quick things I want you to see. Number one, God's love is exceeding. God's love is exceeding. You know that little verse, that 25 words says, For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. You know, that little word, so, I researched it, and it was, it was so interesting for me. It's a Greek adverb. And here's what it means. It's an adverb of intensity. It's an adverb of intensity. So when it says, for God so loved, here's what it means. Nobody's ever loved you like God loves you. Nobody can love you like God loves you. Nobody will ever love you like God loves you. God doesn't just love you, ladies and gentlemen. God so loves you. God so loves you, and listen to me closely, no matter what you've done, there's not anything that will cause God to stop loving you. No matter, no matter what you've done in life, no matter what happens in your life, God loves you. Because ladies and gentlemen, God's love is exceeding. See, the Bible says this in Romans 5 and 8, but God commendeth his love toward us. Or get this, God demonstrated his love toward us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You say, Pastor Benny, I, I need to know how much God loves me. Okay, good. I just stopped by to tell you. I'll tell you how much God loves you. God loves you this much. God loves you this much that he sent his son to die on a cross for you. Because God's love, ladies and gentlemen, is exceeding. Ruth Graham said that the mayor of Jerusalem gave her a crown of thorns. Billy Graham's wife said, the mayor of Jerusalem, I've got one of those. Those thorns were actually about four inches long and they were poisonous and they were very hard and very firm. And they said when Ruth Graham was dying, she said to her children, keep that crown close by my bed because I want to constantly be reminded I'm hurting but I want to be reminded what Jesus went through for me. I want to be reminded how much Jesus loves me. Because I want you to know something today, folks. God's love is exceeding. But I want you to know something else. God's love is extensive. God's love is extensive. Now, now, now here, here's the thought. The most famous verse in the Bible, for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Did you ever think about this? Who was that verse given to? You say, well, I just assumed Jesus was speaking to this large crowd. 
And this large crowd, Jesus said, for God so loved the world. No, no, no. You're not right. Jesus said this, ladies and gentlemen, to one man. Just one. His name was Nicodemus. He was Nicodemus, the Jewish Pharisee who came to Jesus by night. He was the very first Nick at night. <laughs> Do you folks ever read the Bible? I mean, literally, he came to Jesus at night. The very first Nick at night. One man. Now, here's, let, let me tell you something. Let me say this. Get this. He was a Jew, and they were under the bondage. They were slaves to the Romans, so the Jews hated the Romans. Now, wait. They not only hated the Romans, they hated the Egyptians. Because, remember, they had been 400 years in bondage to the Egyptians. So, not only did they hate the Romans, but this Jew by the name of Nicodemus, Nick at night, he, he, he hated the Egyptians too. But, wait. And there was this hatred between people. But Jesus said, for God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. That means God loves the Jews. God loves the Romans. God lo loves the, the, the Caucasians. God loves the African Americans. God loves the Hispanic. That means that God loves the homosexual. That means that God loves the adulterer. That means that God loves the sex offender. That means that God loves the rapist. That means that God loves the murderer. Oh, come on, folks. Don't sit on me when I'm preaching good. That means that God loves everybody. Now, I'm not telling you God approves of everything. But what I am telling you is God loves everybody. God loves everybody because his love is extensive. They told me that uh, we have here at Rock Springs between eight and 9,000 members. Now, I've got to be honest with you. The FBI couldn't locate some of them. I, I got to be transparent. But I want you to know something. With thousands of members, I love them all. I, I try to pastor everybody. I, I literally try to pastor all the people. I, want, I believe this is my philosophy about pastoring, folks. I believe a shepherd smells like sheep. I believe a shepherd smells like sheep. I'm not trying to look. look get, I'm going to teach you another leadership. Come, come on, another leadership lesson. Look here. If you're the leader, if you're the leader and you're here, if you're here and you're the leader, and your organization, your people, your workers, whatever, they're here. Always remember, it's never their responsibility to come here. It's your responsibility to come there. It's your responsibility to come there. That's what a leader does. A leader connects with people. It's your responsibility to come there. Now, look, with all these members, I do my best to pastor everybody and love everybody. But I want to be honest with you. There's two members that I love more than any of the other members. I got to be honest. They're my favorite two members. I'm, I'm partial to these two members. I know that offends you, and you're not one of them. I got to be honest with you. That'd be my wife and daughter. 
You say, what about your staff? Well, there's some of them I don't even like. Get this. But it's not that way with God. For God so loved the world. He loves you just as much as the president. He loves you just as much as anybody. They said there's been 112 billion people that's lived on this earth. And he loves you just as much as he loves anybody that's ever lived. Because look, God's love is extensive. Let me tell you something else about God's love. It's so encouraging. God's love is expansive. God's love is expansive. Go back to that verse and look what it says. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever. Now, there was a time in my life that I would have really liked this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that if Benny Tate believes in him, he should not perish. But Benny Tate will have everlasting life. There was a time I would have thought, man, that would be neat. But let me share something with you. I found out a few years ago. This guy right here, he played football over at Auburn. And look, his name was Ben Tate. <laughs> so I would have worried that scripture's talking about him and not me. That's why I'm so grateful, folks. It says whosoever. Because it's talking about you. And it's talking about you. And it's talking about you. And it's talking about you. Because here's what I want you to understand. God's love is expansive. But get this. God's love is exclusive. God's love is exclusive. Now look, we've talked about all that God's done. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Get this. But whosoever believeth. Wait. That tells me you've got a part. Somebody said, well, Pastor, I want to explain something to you. I said, okay, go right ahead. We're all God's children. No, 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 no. We're all God's creation. We're not all God's children. You don't become God's child or you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. No, no, no. No, just because you're a part of God's creation doesn't mean that you know God. You've got to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Now, get this. I, I, I love that verse. I pray you'll never forget it after today. But look at the first 12 words. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten. Wait. The first 12 words of that verse, folks, it's all about God. It's all about this holy, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God, this wonderful, sovereign God. 12 words, ladies and gentlemen. It's all about God. But look. The first 12 is all about God. But let's read the other 12. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Get this. The first 12 is all about God. But the next 12 is all about you and me. Look, first 12 
this wonderful holy God. Next 12, fallen humanity. We're sinners. You're a sinner. I'm a sinner. You don't have to teach your children how to sin. It just comes natural. They'll get it from their mama. I mean, it just comes natural. <laughs> They'll get it. But wait. So you've got this holy God. And then you've got us, and we're all sinners. So the first 12 is all about how wonderful God is. The next 12 is about us. Well, what connects the last 12 with the first 12? One word. Whether I have to say so myself or not, that's good. What does that mean? It means a holy, perfect God. Jesus, the Lamb of glory, hung on the cross. And he reached one hand up to his father. And he grabbed hold of his father. And he reached one hand down to fallen humanity. People like you and me. And he picked us up. And he reconciled us to God. He reconciled us to God. Reconciled us to God. Now get this. I'm not going to camp here long. But don't you ever believe some hyper-Calvinist teaching. Don't you ever believe that when we're born, some of us are predestined for heaven and some are predestined for hell. Hey, pastors, if you're listening, keep preaching that and you'll keep emptying your churches out. Keep preaching that. Listen, if, if, if I believed that, I wouldn't give one dollar in the offering plate. I wouldn't send one penny to mission fields. I wouldn't ever share my faith because it don't matter anyway because you're either predestined for heaven or you're either predestined for hell. I've got a Greek word for that, hogwash. That's a bunch of baloney, folks. Now, you get what I'm trying to say? You have a choice. And your choice is whether or not you're going to believe. And whether or not you're going to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And it's whosoever will, let them come. Whosoever will. God's love's exceeding. God's love's extensive. God's love's expansive. God lo God's love's ex exclusive. But God's love is eternal. God's love is eternal. There's God's love never, ever stops. I heard about some parents who had a child who did not do right. And parents, listen to me closely. You do your best in raising your children. But you hear Pastor Benny. There, there are no guarantees. Get this. If your children are small... Don't you give any advice on parenting. Amen? Amen? Don't give any. We don't need to hear from you yet. <laughs> Your pastor made that mistake. I traveled the nation. 
I would go into churches and they'd say, you're going to pe- preach the message on parenting. Yeah. We want you to preach it. Ten surefire steps for raising the healthy, productive, godly child. Ten surefire steps for raising the healthy, productive, godly child. And then I had a child. And I changed it to three things you might want to try. They may or may not work. This family had a son that got on drugs. And the mom's only as happy as her saddest child. He'd come in all hours on those drugs. But this is what, get this, get this, because this is important. Don't beat yourself up. Don't beat yourself up. And don't pat yourself too much on the back if they're doing well. Don't beat yourself up and don't pat yourself too much on the back if they're doing well. You say, why would you tell us this, Pastor? Because I want to give you something to think about. Adam and Eve sinned. And God was their parent. Was he a bad parent? I don't think he was. I think every child's got a free will and we've got to accept that. We love them and we pray for them and we try to guide them. And that's what this family tried to do. But this boy would come in night after night on drugs. One morning, about three in the morning, about three in the morning, the father woke up and he couldn't find, he couldn't find his wife. He couldn't find her. And he went in to the boy's room she was down on her knees he was in the bed he'd been out all night his hair was matted drool on his face and she was wiping his hair rubbing her hand through his hair and she looked up at her husband and she said he won't let me love on him when he's awake he won't let me love on him when he's awake Something about a mama's love. But folks, there's something greater than a mama's love, and that's the love of God. That's the love of God. Now get this. I told you in John chapter 3 about Nick at night. Let's look at him. Let's go back here. Let's Let's look at Nick at night. And there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus. He was a ruler of the Jews. And he came to Jesus by night and he said, Rabbi or teacher, we know thou art a teacher come from God. Boy, I wish I could have talked with Nick at night. This is what I would have told him. I'd said, Nick at night, he's not a teacher come from God. He's God who's come to teach. (laughs) He's God who's come to teach. Nick at night said, for no man can know these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Get this. Jesus answered and said, truly, truly, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Speaking of football coaches, one stood right here a few years ago named Bobby Bowden. And Bobby Bowden stood right here a few years ago and he said, folks, let me tell you something. The great coach at Florida State He said, it would be better for you to have never been born than not be born again. 
It would be better, Coach Bowden said, if you'd never been born than not be born again. See, Nick at night knew that the Jewish Pharisees leaders challenged Jesus. So, so he didn't want to go to Jesus in the day. He didn't want anybody to see him. He wanted to kind of have it both ways. And, and he knew he was a part of the Sanhedrin. And he said, no, I, I just, I, it might cause me some problems to be identified by Jesus. So, so I'm going to slip in there about midnight one night. Nobody will see me and see if I can talk to him. I, 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 I'm really ashamed of him. But Jesus looked at him personally. And he said, Nick at night. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. What did Nick at night do with it? Look. And after this, Joseph of Arimathea being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, besought Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him leave. He came therefore and took the body of Jesus. Get this. And also, Nick at night showed up. The one who was ashamed of him. The one who didn't want his friends to know about Jesus. But he came, he came with the stuff, the alloys, the myrrh to anoint his body. And he looked the most powerful man in the face, that being Pilate, the Roman governor. And he said, I don't care what anybody thinks. After what he's done for me, I want his body. I don't care what anybody thinks because he said I encountered John 3.16 I encountered John 3.16 I don't care what anybody thinks Tim Tebow said that one night he was in bed and he said I started thinking about tomorrow I'm going to drive my car and what if I get killed? Now look, folks. I'm not trying to scare you. I have no reason to scare you. But I wouldn't be much of a preacher if I didn't tell you the truth. Last Sunday, I stood in the pulpit. preached the funeral of a 31-year-old professional baseball player. Yesterday, I stood in the pulpit and preached the funeral of a hero. 46-year-old law enforcement officer was just driving down the road and a tree fell. killed him on the spot. He's with Jesus. He was a hero.
But you get this. I wouldn't be much of a preacher if I didn't tell you, you don't know when you're going to leave here. You don't know. You can laugh around. We're going to party. I'm going to sow my wild oats. I'm going to live it up. You may be standing before Jesus by 1230, my friend. You better quit playing around and get serious about your relationship with God. You better quit playing around and get serious about your relationship with God. Tim Tebow said, I woke my mama up. And my mama sat down and explained John 3.16 to me. And I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I'm done. Look here. I know what Nicodemus did with John 3.16. I know what Tim Tebow did with John 3.16. But I want to ask you, what are you going to do with John 3.16? What are you going to do with John 3.16? That for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son that if you would just believe in him you would not perish but you'll have everlasting life what are you going to do with John 3.16 because it's really the only way to be a winner in life thank you for joining us for this week's message from Rock Springs Church. If you would like more information about Rock Springs, be sure to follow us on social media or connect with us at rockspringsonline.com. Join us right here next week for another message from Rock Springs Church.